Commanders, and welcome to episode 244 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I am your host, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, Commander Phoenix Defire, otherwise known as Colin Ford, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our Chief Bar Steward, Commander Psycho Cow. Good evening. Good evening, Grant. Uh, we also have our Chief Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. These are normally summarily, summarily executed at some point. Um, on the subject of deputies, we have a Deputy Trade Attaché, Commander Silverine. What up? Okay. <laughs> and finally, we have our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Edelweiss. That's Ben Moss Woodward. You know it's the bad sign when people are asking for pink custard over what was currently playing on the radio. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. My ears are still bleeding. Anyway, um, you can join us live. Uh, we're, we are hanging... We are not actually hanging out in-game at the moment. Um, however, we are Are we going to Zander Prime or whatever the hell it's called? The mega, ship the, the mega ship where the mega bus leaves from. Return oh, is that to where, Zander. where you're off? Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm right. going okay. to can... head off to Xander. Okay, so if, if you want to, to catch up with Ben, he are you in open or in the live radio I, I am in open. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> so, late, late, dear, dear listeners, we are now replaying the Salome event with Ed <laughs> in the starring rock. Uh, yeah, I'm in, I am in open flying my... my well, a Abe's little sister's ship, uh, which is currently a python that's pretty much unengineered. Okay, so um, the new paint job, of course, is a big target. So, um, uh, oh, I've, I am. I've got the lay radio paint job on it, though. Ah, oh, well, um, yes. So that's very camouflaged, isn't it? Yeah, I was about to yeah, say. I'm going for subtle. Hmm. <laughs> So, if you can wish, you can join. You can try and join Ben at some point. Good luck. Um, <laughs> if you can't get to us in game, then we're also in the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com/live. Click on the line. Or you can go there directly with uh, Twitch TV/laveradio. And new for this week, Cal. What else have we got broadcasting-wise? Oh yeah, we're trying. Oh, wow. Apparently, I fell into the toilet. Hold on. <clears throat> yeah, I thought you were in the maintenance ducts. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I was just fiddling with some cables there. Um, yes, we are also broadcasting live. Uh, you might have noticed we trailer earlier on to Facebook Live on the Live Radio page. Um, 
if that is of preference to you, we're hopefully going to be able to do that uh, in the future going forward, making it easy for us all to do that and not have any hassles. Um, but it is a huge hassle. <laughs> it's just. Does, face- <laughs> does Facebook let us swear? Um, yes, go for it. Good. Fuck you, Zuckerberg. Yeah, Ben. Uh, ben got knocked back. Uh, Zuckerberg re- yeah. declined his friendship request. Um, and the other one as well. I, I, th- I think we should we should move on before he starts getting a little upset. Well, yeah. The other thing that I wanted to make sure was that um, we were trying to find a way to merge the chats. Um, the relay is not working at the minute. I don't know if it will work. I think Facebook blocks the relaying, which is where if you chat in Twitch, it sends it to the Facebook, and if you chat into Facebook, it sends it to that. But we are capable of seeing your information from both and sending out messages to both. So do ask questions if you're on the Facebook. Let us know if you're watching it on the old Facebook. If you're watching it on uh, Twitch, then it's uh, business as usual. Um, and yeah, uh, let us know. Thank you. Um- and what, and what about YouTube? Are we eventually going to YouTube as well? Um, that's an easy one. Um, that is a really easy one to to put together. Um, I can do that without anything. And it's the chats, and I was trying to find a way to get the chats. And then apparently Facebook in November are going to drop the uh, non-secure RTMP protocol in favour of RTMPS, which creates... Uh, another problem because um, I'm not quite in the setup that will allow me to do that as far as I can tell so I'll have to mm. do some, some jiggly pokery to see if I can do that but yes, YouTube wise not a problem, Twitch not a problem and Facebook at the current minute through the setup we have at the minute which is using a third party um, and, no problem. and my question Cal and I think it's the one all our listeners are asking is that will this new technology allow us to start on time? No. There you go. No change in quality, dear listener. <laughs> <laughs> Starting on time is a luxury that, um, yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just a luxury. It's a luxury. I remember I used to take up half an hour after I went to bed to get to the morning to go to bed, and that's it. Um, but, yeah, basically... Um, yeah, if you want to start on time, you're going to have to find a tech that's not got the complications that can happen uh, that happen to me on a regular basis. Yes. Oh. Position apparently sorry, available just... for anyone out there that wants it. Apparently, I've been given notice. So if you want to take over this job, uh, send your applications <laughs> into info at laveradio.com. <clears throat> um, not too quickly, because, you know, give me a couple of months to, to work my notice. What? What's this? What's this? What's this? All of a sudden, Shan just put me on notice for all my my my, my consistent uh, late coming. That's all. Uh, well, for what it's worth, I did um, not put you on notice. Not even be on, like, on time. No, it's it's not so much that we and usually we were ready to go in time. I think we started streaming at, at kind of eight thirty tonight, did we not? Yes, Are you just calling the songs you had on earlier started <laughs> streaming? Oh, no, I just like listening to them. It's good. You've got to get a Facebook strike somehow. Right, anyway, yes. Again. <laughs> I'm sorry, Colin, back to you. We've, We've uh, already got a Facebook strike. You were playing some yeah. Disney things earlier and you, they gave you a slap down already. Yeah, Cow was singing Let It Go. That's going to give anyone a strike. Okay, well, moving moving on before before I get a headache, um, we'll just go around the group. I'm regretting this already, and see what they've been doing this week. So, Commander Sovereign, what have you been up to? Hello, um, I have been. What have I been doing? 
uh, I've I bought a Type Nine and I love it. Like I absolutely flipping love it. Um, I never I haven't had a, a proper trade ship uh, ever really, and um, the, the only time I did trading really in the game was is in the beta, and then and then since release I've sort of been doing other things, um, and um, uh, and I decided I wanted one, and I bought a Type Nine speculatively, and it's just so good. It was it was after you guys were talking about how good the cockpit is in VR last week, um, so I uh, I decided to check it out, and uh, I've spent the last three or four days. Uh, all my time in game has been uh, at the helm of the Type 9, uh, using the docking computer and Super Cruise Assist, not really playing, mostly just letting the computer do it all. And it's just the best. It's so good. Um, and it's very Nostromo. Like, if you look at the detail on the outside, it's all, um, it's all like portholes with weeping rust marks and, and sort of um, rivets. And it's all very dark and sort of space gothic. I like it. Um, so that's what I've been doing in game and out of game. I've been um, been insanely busy actually. Uh, the Soufpus, which is our household cat, is uh, unwell at the moment, so I've been going to and from our local vet, which has been rather tedious. Is that its name, Soufpus? No, <laughs> no, no. It's, it's its real name is Biscuit, but um, but everybody in this household has an internet name, so I'm Souverine. My fiance is the Souvet. The cat is the Soufpus. But really, it really needs to be Soufpus 56 or something like that, doesn't it? <laughs> Noob Slayer 29. <laughs> I must admit, when you started off with Soufpus, I was worried. But we'll move <laughs> on from there. I think I'm going to rename the cat uh, Noob Slayer, actually. <laughs> Noob Slayer 69. <laughs> was it, no, it was Noob Slayer 68. Oh, I don't know. Anyway... Um, ben, what have you been up to this week? Uh, what have I been up to? So, out of game, I've been uh, giving my 90% alcohol blood to random strangers over the NHS. Okay. Um, Wholeheartedly approve. In game, what have I been up to? I've been kind of prepping for going to the, uh, the Megabus, which will be leaving on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the time, when I started the prepping, I was in a Type 9 getting that ship all ready for the Hutton Convoy thing that's in June, Grant? Is that right, Grant? I think June, it's in June. Yeah, June sometime, yes. I think. Um, so I was getting the Type 9 ready for that. And then I find out that this Guardian thing needs a is medium and small pads only. So I was like, I better go get a ship that's ready for that. And went off and got a Python ready. Then realised that my alt account only has had a, it had under ten million credits left, and I think I had one rebuy on on her, and that's when I kind of went, oh shit! Um, so then to try and get some hard currency in me, I went off and did a little bit of void open opal mining for a day, uh, which was actually more fun than I thought it was going to be. And then another day, I went back into my Type 9, and I ran wing missions with Souverine for a morning. What a trade? Um, Big yeah, trade we're just ones. doing trade wing missions, running, was it, 16 or 18,000 tons of stuff from one place to another. It was more like 5,000. <laughs> it's good fun, though. It was less than 5,000. 
It was less than. There was more than five. I know that. It, maybe five or six. It was. Um, yeah. It was. A, it was like a, a one. It was, in the, it was somewhere in the teens because we had to do about five trips each. Yeah, fair and enough. I've got about seven. I've got seven hundred tons on me, and you've got about seven hundred. Yeah. True. So yeah. It was somewhere up in the teens. Hmm. It was super Commander, Commander Rosetta Stone on, on the chat uh, says that the Type 9 is a hairdresser's spaceship. So. <laughs> I think it's a hairy biker's spaceship. <laughs> it's um, so far from being a hairdresser's spaceship. <laughs> it's the Audi TT of the stars. <laughs> actually, it does make me wonder. It actually makes me concerned for Commander Reza, Rosetta Stone's hairdresser, you know, his haircut. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen his haircuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't actually think he's seen a hairdresser for many years. Oh, no, he is far too pretty to have not does, seen the hairdresser for many years. Uh, so does Rosetta Stone use Swarp Eager as hair gel then? <laughs> It'd need a lot of it, I think. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, uh, Commander Shan, how have you I've been... Very well, actually. Uh, In-game, I am about 34,000 light years back from Beagle Point. So I'm doing one of my trip back. So I've been busy jumping back. Uh, that's on my secondary account. On my main account, I've been emptying my hold of Void Opals. Um, and in real life, I spent a really nice Saturday uh, with Mrs. Shan visiting my youngest son, who is due to pass out into the household cavalry on the 23rd, and is busy practicing for Trooping the Colour. So, lots of dad time on Saturday. Oh, you must be a... That must be something. So, I thought that, that third horse to the left got my son in it. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, pretty strange, really, because he was like... Because we saw them come out of the barracks... We got to went into London really early, uh, in time to see them come out at seven o'clock. And um, Mrs. Chan and um, my son's girlfriend came down with us as well. And so they were like running alongside the horses, getting the photographs and the video and stuff like that. Um, but I was less keen on running after being weighed down with all the bags and stuff. So I uh, rented a Boris bike and biked after them. Ooh. Are they still called? Are they still called Boris bikes? No, they're sponsored by other companies. But um, yeah, it was, it was all right. It was a horrible bike to ride, but it was better than running after them. <laughs> oh well, Commander Psycho Cow, I think it is that time of the of the night for the inevitable inevitable to happen. Right. How have you been? Yeah, doing good, doing good. We have, uh, obviously, the bathroom, um, the wall. We have got the first of uh, eight of 3,000 tiles attached. Um, so that's a good start. <laughs> that's, that's a, that is a start. Yeah, yeah um, just maybe another couple of years and we should have that wall finished. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, it's not been it's not been great news. Obviously, we tried to get it done before ECM got the toilet and everything's working there. It's totally mm -hmm. and utterly um, changed uh, Susie's life uh, in such a simplistic way uh, that she can get up, go to the loo whenever she wants without having to bother anybody. And you know that is a 
a huge change for her and has had a, a knock-on effect with just giving her a bit of independence and courage is getting more independence and so it's just giving her confidence. Would you almost say it's a relief, Grant? Um, probably, yeah. But I, I, probably, I probably wouldn't oh. be that crass. Uh, I'd probably just say, you know, it's a weight off her mind. Um, yeah, no. <sighs> or, or if you're into, you know, Avengers uh, Endgame, uh, no soilers. That was bad. Soilers. <laughs> that was bad. Okay. But um, unfortunately, uh, my brother, whose new meds and things were showing signs of working. Um, he seems to yeah. have had a, a sort of little bit of a, a setback, and it's not clear whether or not there's something else going on, whether there's underlying. So his, uh, he's no longer getting the kind of freedom that the meds offered when they first started. So he is back to not being able to bend over. Um, shouldn't oh. laugh. It's not that it's painful when you it bends over, but it's just a case of it then involves a 10, 15, 20 minute visit to the bathroom um, every time. Just just one, oh, you dropped something there. Oh, he's off to the loo. Oh, you dropped something. Oh, he's off. It's it's a horrible, horrible, horrible condition. And um, I say hopefully at the end of this week he's got some specialist meetings and that they'll help um, adjust or work out what's going on and get him back on that. Because it looked really, really positive. It was doing so well. Yeah, I know. When I saw him at ECM, he seemed sort of um, able to walk around, and everything seemed to be hunky dory. I thought uh, that was that was it, all sorted. But obviously not. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's just it's a setback. Um, he's had a lot of setbacks on this journey um, over the years, and this one is a bit of a concern for him because. It's one of these roads that there, there, there is an end to, it and the end isn't a particularly great option. Um, you know, avoiding surgery is the goal, as we all know. Mm. Surgery is that last resort that you want to try and avoid as as long as you can. So, um, yep. And again, no guarantees on that either. So it's just, yep. He's got to go and see a specialist, see what happens, and then hopefully he'll be able to get back into it and we can get that bathroom finished because it's doing, it's, yeah, it's looking amazing. We're on to the easy bit. We've done all the difficult parts, and um, he's just cut the tiles for the bottom of the main wall, um, so we just need to get them on, and then from that point onwards, it's a case of bits over each day, keep it clean and, and carry it on and keep it going, and it'll be awesome. So really excited about getting it finished, um, but just really hopeful that he gets a bit of respite from it. Um, other than that, I've not been playing much Elite at all uh, recently. I'm gearing up and we're excited to get involved in the convoy in June and get the radio stations up. Uh, we've been working mm -hmm. on the pub quiz uh, from the Friday night streams that I do this weekend, in fact, this Facebook is really a, a precursor for that because I want to put it onto Facebook too so that it's easier again to for people to find. This weekend we're doing Countdown. Um, yes, that countdown. Yes. Like letters and consonants, you know, consonants and vowels because obviously a letter is a consonant and a consonant. Yes. Yeah, um, yes. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, you can tell it's going to be highbrow because I got that wrong. So that's not a great start. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll do that at 7 o'clock on Friday. Come along for a giggle. We did a pub quiz last weekend and it was absolutely a corker. Uh, it always ends up with a giggle. It's always a little bit wrong. 
and um, yeah, that's what I've been working on. Uh, meanwhile, my brother's been coding a website, which he doesn't have to bend over for, um, to <clears throat> log and track our pat testing for all the conventions. Really boring stuff here. <laughs> God, and other than that, it's just you know keeping Susie working and and keeping her. Um, in the pirate um, life that she has become accustomed to, and she's got a load of pirate uh, images and styles to get done, so it's all R and what you want your grog and uh, going on and lots. Oh, of this is Sea of Thieves, of course, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it just happened that you know when we went down to our meeting, we had a chat about themes and things, and one of the ones we wanted to do was pirates, and she's loving it um, because it fits in with the game. She is now a pirate legend. I am now a pirate legend, and we've just finished the Tall Tales update, which is excellent. You might have to Google. Some of them are very easy to follow, if not challenging, and in, in to get through. It's a brilliant concept. In fact, it's a concept that if we could bring that kind of mission into Elite, would be spectacular. Excellent. Right. Um, well, let's quickly go over what I've been doing. Um, obviously, uh, I've been out with the Guardian uh, ruins and where all these new... Um, Installations have appeared, and I've completely topped out my Guardian components. So I'm now back at Shinrata, and I'm now trying to run missions in order to unlock various things from the technology brokers. Out of game on the forums, I have been tormenting uh, people. Um, I have to give a shout-out to uh, Zax Oosh, who... Um, he, he posted on the forums, um, as he's a relatively new player, he asked the question of how can you get famous in Elite Dangerous like Obsidian Ant and Lave Radio? So basically we said, well, we'll give you a shout out. <laughs> uh, and then I spent the next sort of two days saying that I was a troll, you're not going to get a shout out. And then, no, I'm not a troll, you will get a shout out. And and friendly wound him up a little bit until eventually I got a DM through Twitter so someone saying, I think someone's pretending to be you in the forums. <laughs> so <laughs> let me just apologize to Zakush and uh, <laughs> I, I hope he uh, I let's hope he gets famous soon. <laughs> uh, so yes. Um, obviously with Ben heading down to um, to the Megabus which I still think we should have Daryl Breen's face on it as a paint job. <laughs> um, we've obviously had the uh, development news come out. Now, today, we've had um, April Update Patch 2, which is supposed to have had um, a lot of fixes in there for the um, FSS scanner. Now, however, if you've been watching the forums on this, it does seem that although it does seem to be fixed... In the majority of cases, there are still some of these bugs happening. Has anybody else uh, um, had that experience? Uh, did, I was using the FSS this afternoon and didn't find any after that. I, I used it for probably an hour and a half after the patch, and I didn't notice any problems with the FSS. Yeah, I was the same when I was jumping back earlier. It seems fine to me. Hmm. Yeah, I just noticed that sort of the, there seemed to be some um, use case where uh, it it just it was going back to how it was before, so, so it hadn't been a hundred percent fixed. And of course, because it wasn't a hundred percent fixed, um, everything 
went out from um yeah mm. it, it went all a bit ballistic as usual on the forums including me getting to an argument with someone over testing standards. <sighs> <laughs> I love the arguments that you find yourself embroiled in and on the forums. People people who have no relevant experience find themselves on opposite sides of an argument over like how game development works or or like how bug fixing happens and this it's like none of you know what you're talking about. Everybody should just shut up. <laughs> well, I do find it is a case unless you're actually in yeah, actually developing the game, you don't know what um, strategies they're using. They're, they're just so, um, uh, let's just say, <laughs> everyone's just making educated guesses and, oh, if I was if I, if I was doing it, I'd do it this way. Mm. Uh, and I did make the observation that it's, it's quite ironic because of this particular game, it inspired a lot of people to get into de- um, development. So, <laughs> ironically, it's gone full circle where the oldsters who used to play the original game have probably got more development experience than some of the people actually writing the game. <laughs> <laughs> but not necessarily development and writing that. Yeah, that's actually, that's actually probably true, isn't it? That, that hadn't dawned on me, Colin, before. <laughs> I know, but you see, this is it, being, being old and decrepit, even though I'm only using 10% of my shaggy. Yeah, but I haven't... Um, but haven't those people who have got more experience at developing the game evolved into project managers by now? I've managed to stay honest. <laughs> I well, want to actually move into to manage to that because it seems easier. <laughs> that's why I said I stayed honest. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Commander Hayes says the thing that I've learned in, on the forums is that everybody's a developer. It does feel. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I didn't want to go on the forums to be to discussing Kanban or any other development strategy or Agile or anything like that. That's for work. Leave it alone. I don't want to talk about that on the forums. Anyway, yes, I'm sorry. I'm going off on one. Um, so it was a relatively small patch, even though it was just under, I think it was just under a gig. It was 900 meg or something like that. So... Um, it, and it, it's, it seems to be working okay for me, but um, obviously not 100% of the way there. So moving on from there, we have the, of course, the first real phase of the interstellar initiatives. And yeah, now I've been all the way around these. Has anybody else had a chance to, to go out there and, and see what's available? I have. That's why I'm. Ca- that's this is why I'm catching the no- mega boss tomorrow on Thursday. All right. So basically, I'm the only one that's been out there. Yeah. Yep. Right. Okay. Well. Tell us about first, <laughs> okay. Pull up a chair and sit down. <laughs> um, well, what I would say in this case is that you can tell that they're just putting the pieces in place. Um, out there, there doesn't seem to be. There's obviously the outpost, the installation, and of course the other outpost that's halfway there, and the mega ship. Now, the mega ship you can actually dock large ships too, but there's no facilities there for you to really um, use. So there's no shipyard, or there's no. It's just a case of get your big ship out there and, and see what happens. None of the mission board. There don't seem to be any missions on the mission boards out there either. Um, 
so obviously there's an outpost there which means small and medium ships uh and of course that is directly over where the guardian site is but because it's a ship guardian site not a um not a utility one which i thought it was last week it means that um you have to go to a nearby beacon in order to get the appropriate key in order to unlock the guardian site although you can actually go to the scientific installation and try and steal one that sounds fun it is actually um i was hoping that scenarios would kick off around that installation but none of them do uh and of course i have been scavenging stuff from uh uh the degraded um the degraded signal sources and i even tried raiding something hmm hatch breakers are hard <laughs> to use i've yeah. I got a, i haven't lost a ship yet but it came close i joined the i joined the zero percent club uh, I suddenly realised um, after all the exploration that I've been doing lately, I, I'm out of combat practice. I really need to get good on that one. So, um, obviously, this is only the first week. On Thursday, uh, we will probably have a, another stream because we had a stream last Thursday with Adam and, and Will uh, also showing off where all these facilities are. Um, but this week, obviously they're going to start a CG, the first CG in a while, um, where if we manage to ship enough trading materials to the outpost, um, apparently they're going to get Guardian um, brokers there. Do we know how much we need to ship there to, to make them appear? No, not yet. But of course, the numbers are going to be limited because everyone's going to be flying in the medium ship at the most mm. yeah true so yeah no i mean there's not as though there's a ready supply of the either you're going to have to um instant shift quite a bit aren't you to get them to respawn in the same place yeah i mean that that's one of the things they haven't actually said what they want being shipped to the station it, it could be uh it could be stuff we have to scavenge or it could be stuff that you know we've got to carry 20 jumps or so which to tell you the truth that's that'll be a long haul uh, and they've also and i suppose i mean should we put a spoiler alert on on this particular bit because they they went in uh, will went and really uh, revealed off the whole details of what's going to be happening with this interstellar uh initiative uh behind a spoiler tag and without actually talking about it do you think that was the right thing to do? Well, it's not exactly Game of Thrones level of spoilers, is it, really? <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose. It, okay, was, so... it was the first one, and from his point of view, I guess, like, I, I, I guess from Frontier's point of view, it's the first, like, CGs have been running for four years, four and a half years, and this is the, the, the they hope to be running this for the next year and a half, two years. Um, and the response to date has been some of the most... Some, some of the most concentrated negativity they've had for a while. So I, I completely understand why they did it. They were like, right, well, you hated the first bit, and, like, boy, did you tell us. So <laughs> how about we just put our cards on the table about what we're planning on doing for the rest of it, and you can tell us if you hate it as much, and then we can change course early if we need to. 
See, I mm. think that's a good idea. I, I'm all in favour of them giving us the choice of at what level we want to read and being upfront about what's going to happen because you get the salt out of the way early on yeah, and then everyone has all the right about it. And I prefer that approach to hyping it up or leaving it vague and then having people disappointed or whatever all the way through rather yeah. than just at the start. You don't have to do it long term. They they could they could go back to business as usual after the first one. But for the first one, I think it it probably makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I must I must admit, I mean, for the first week or so, when they were just saying, right, this is the vote, everyone was there just going, what the th- we're supposed to, it, and that's it didn't give. It was I terrible. Don't know, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it didn't. It was give un- the, the, It was unmitigated. Yeah, it was it was it was completely terrible. To be fair. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, I thought, no, we need to start with a big bang. This is supposed to be what keeps us interested for the next 18 months. These yeah. kind of things. Yeah, but they're not all going to be like this, though, are they? Like, this is starting small well, scale, not very complicated to test things. We, we, you don't know that. We've got no evidence that this won't be a template for how for the kind of scale and scope that they're going to be for the next year. Oh, I hope not, because... Um, this reminds me of how the Thargoid stuff un- unveiled, and by, and people were getting quite annoyed about the, oh, you've got to unlock a weapon using a CG, da da da, and they, they didn't like it at all. I mean, what I was perfectly fine with it, but what do you think about the weapons being mutually exclusive? I don't mind that. I wish more stuff in the game was mutually exclusive. Like, for example, Superpower Allegiance. Why not make it mutually exclusive? I must admit, I'm with you on that. I mean, I would prefer it that um, you either choose, you can you can work for the Empire and the Federation up to a certain level, but then you have to make a choice. Yeah, make force some meaningful decisions. But I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think mutually. I don't, I don't think that's a um, that's a problem at all. I mean, as as far as as far as the um, the actual weapons that we're supposed to be getting at the end of all this. Um, <laughs> I mean, what do you think? It's, it's, it's sort of a, a, a special multi-cannon or special missiles. What do you guys think about the fact that it's ammo? Because the multi-cannons and missiles, that's cool. You know, we've, got, we, we've already got the, some grades of those, but these look like they're different grades, so there's a bit of variety there. But the, the choice of it, the crucial thing is the ammo, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and ammo synthesis. And I'm interested in what you guys think of that as a, as a gameplay feature. Because anecdotally... I thought, it was quite, I thought it was quite clever. Personally, because if you engineer your multi cannons to be I don't know, corrosive or overcharged or incendiary, you have to go back and you have to re you have to go and reapply the experimental effect. Whereas with these ones, you can engineer them anyway, but in effect, it gives you the flexibility of changing your build by just by applying a different ammo to it. So I thought it, it's, it's quite a clever way of adding variation into your build without needing to go and um, re-engineer everything. Quickly, Ben, jump in. We all know it's not going to be mutually exclusive. It's going to be, oh, congratulations, Commanders. You've got this one this week. Oh, and if you do this, you know, if you go and deliver one ton of stuff to the station next week, you'll get that one. Huzzah! Actually, they said that's not what they're going to be doing. Yeah, I'll believe them. All right, fair enough. Then um, they, yeah. they've said that before, and then we wind up getting gimbal multi cannons, even though we said they weren't going to give them. 
and they, they've you know they they say we'll not give you these toys, and then the forums go off and cry, and they give us the toys after after a bit of a while, hoping we maybe don't notice, or at least we're all yeah, you've gone off and given us the missiles instead as well as the multi cannons. Thank you guys. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I really hope they don't, but I think yeah. they will. Well, they've managed to keep the word about the uh, the Cobra Mark Four as much as people on the the forums whinge that they want That's because the Cobra Mark IV is shit. <laughs> oh no, no, that is unfair to the pile of shit that is there. <laughs> that is true. It's not fair to a pile of shit. You're right. Mm-hmm. Piles of shit have actually got a use. I uh, I've actually just been designing a uh, a mining build based on the Cobra Mark IV. <laughs> Why? Uh, it, it's got the perfect number of hard points and the perfect number of internal slots, and you get. Um, 40 tons so with all the gubbins you still have 40 tons of, of cargo space um after doing quite a lot of mining in a, in a in a mining python i've decided that i don't actually like having too much cargo space for mining because i find mining quite boring so i'd rather do it in in smaller chunks and make more trips um and uh, and after playing around i it looks like the cobra mark IV has about the perfect amount of space oh so there you go. I might have found the answer, but uh, but I've never flown it. So if I fly it and it turns out to be awful, then uh, I'll let you know. You see, I always prefer the keelback for my mining because basically it's got a fighter that I can I can fly and defend myself with instead of having to just run. Yeah, fair. Also, it's a very um, it's a pleasingly workmanlike ship. The keelback. It's like a yes. JCB in space. Can you put a deep impact hammer or whatever the hell it's called onto the Mark IV? No, because that doesn't exist. You know the the, the thing that goes off and explodes asteroids. That thing. Yes. Okay. You can put a an, an asteroid exploder on it. It's got it, it's got the perfect amount of um, slots for mm-hmm. uh, one of everything, but two mining lasers, two small mining lasers. So you can do all the types of mining in it, and it's okay. more, and it's um, uh, it's smaller, so it'll be much easier to to navigate the cracked asteroids and the dust cloud. It's always um, good to be able to slide in between the crack. You're right. <laughs> oh God, no, not wrong. And um, uh, I was having problems getting my Python up there. To be honest, I really was. <laughs> I've worked out that it'll be. Yeah, I've been using a Python, and it's and it's completely joyless to fly. Um, so, but I've worked out that I, I can, I'll be able to crack about two and a half asteroids per trip, which is about, is about the right amount for my boredom level. Mm. Um, so I'm quite looking forward to it. I'm having trouble actually finding the asteroids in the first place. I mean, when I, when I do find one and, and blow it up, it's absolutely fantastic. It just takes, I don't know whether I'm looking in the wrong places. It just takes forever. For I have a tip. Worth, okay, go to soup. Um, fly really fast. Fly as fast as you can. Uh, the, 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 the thing where I went wrong initially when I was doing this is that I flew really slowly and really carefully scanned everything and investigated yes. all, the, all the bright things. Um, yes, that's exactly what... Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no. Basically, the bright things um, ignore everything that is not literally like violent yellow. Radi- yeah radioactive yellow everything else is a waste of time um and there's a hint want- as well Sue. yeah the, uh, the black lines and the, yeah. all the 
Yeah. And um, so when you see something that is obviously very, very yellow, markedly different to just bright orange, um, if you, if you, um, when you do the scanning thing another a second time, you'll see lots and lots of black lines on it, which I'm sure you've read about on the forums. But the other, the other thing is, um, they are the asteroids that are crackable are distributed according to probability. Um, and the faster you fly, the more quickly you come across them. So just fly as fast as you can. Retract the cargo scoop every time and and, and fly around um, as fast as you can. And you should come across one reliably about every 10 minutes or less. Yeah, you, you get better results if you fly as fast as you can with your eyes shut and your screen turned off. <laughs> <laughs> I, was actually, I was having quite a lot of luck the other day, but I found a nice location which I shared with Fozzer. Who, who Fuzzer is still alive, guys, by the way, and even and even still playing Elite Dangerous. Um, but so he was. I was talking to Fuzzer the other day, and I shared the uh, where I was doing my mining. Um, although I can't remember the system name, but I can I can dig it out for you, Colin. Uh, but that was that was basically two void opal rings that were overlapping, and I think there was a low temperature diamond ring overlapping my void opals. So it's just like bright, shiny things all over the place. I thought Fozzle oh. was made up, like uh, data mind wake exceptions. Pardon? But didn't you actually say you started finding them again? I found, I found some. Yeah, I found some. Yeah. Didn't know they existed, but turns out <laughs> they did. Oh, no, you used to get them in famine systems, were the popular ones, wasn't there? But they I remember famine be. systems. Well, you still get them from. You still get famine systems. Is that what you find, Fuzzer? I can't find. <laughs> you thought we find Fuzzer? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you only found boom systems. Now I thought the only are the only systems you could come across for civil unrest and boom systems. I don't think there are any systems currently in famine, or at least not not when I was looking, because I was looking for famine state. Well, I am going to get uh, so much abuse over the Discord when Fuzzle listens to this now. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I've currently actually got 21 data mind wake exceptions. Oh my god, from, like royalty. I, I, I just flying around scanning wake exceptions, I think. I think if you look for the... Oh, there's like high encoded wake exceptions or something along those lines. Um, I, I, yeah, I... I, I they come in different it. levels and you've got shit ones and you've got not so shit ones. I, I was scanning encoded emissions, and I found some in those. Yeah, and there's, there's a better than encoded emissions, though I can't remember what it's called. High-grade emissions. They're not... They're not could, they're, be, could be that. They're definitely not in those, because you only get... Um, I don't think you get data in those. But anyway. Mm. Yeah, well, they are around, I found some. Yeah. Good for you. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I feel special now. <laughs> so, I mean, overall... Do you think the momentum is building over this uh, interstellar initiative? Do you think you, is it piquing your interest for you to get involved in the next couple of weeks? I'm going to get involved. I think we've got a um, we've got a Sagittarius I expedition out there on um, Thursday. One of our guys is um, sort of we're, we're, as many of us as possible are going to get on the mega bus um, and then spend a few days out there and and see what there is to see. Um, I think it might be quite fun. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, when I was out there, I did get a lot of um, wing requests. That it was quite busy. There did seem to be a lot of interaction between uh, between the players. There is, of course, the usual griefers. But you know, if you've got a build of the of ship that can outrun them, then yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, they'll be lining up for me now, won't they? 
<laughs> I am. Uh, I'm going to be talking about the Type Nine for many, many weeks. But um, cool thing about the Type Nine, I've outfitted it with um, loads of mine launchers. That um, <laughs> they've got the special effect whereby some of them knock out your shield generator, not just your shield, your shield generator, and they take off a, th- <laughs> a third of its health with every explosion. Um, I was testing it, and I took my shield generator down to 33%, um, like in a second. And the other one, this, this is the best. One of them has a special effect that um, makes a pursuer's uh, thrusters reboot. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So much fun. So that's what I'm going to take. Right. Uh, well, we'll leave the interstellar initiative for the moment. Um, obviously, the, we've also had um, the latest newsletter, which is 226, now that they come out once, oh no, 267, I do. I take, I take it back. Um, it seemed to be some nice new paint jobs for both the Mamba and the Crate, uh, but apart from that, that's it. Although we have had the um, wonderful new ship kit for the Adder, for your transit van. <laughs> well, I, I is, is the transit van the Adder or the Hauler? I keep on getting confused. They're both like different types mm. of transit van. I think I would pay real money for a paint job for the hauler that was all black with a red stripe coming down the side of it. <laughs> Actually, Shan, there is one, and I've got it. If is you're it on it, the, yep, there is. It's part of one of the hauler um, ship packs. I've got to be very careful, otherwise I'll do a will. And <laughs> and yet, yeah, one of the one of them is basically. Uh, completely black with a red stripe and uh, you just imagine if you put a spoiler on the end as well it sounds like we need to have a look at the ship kit actually no I don't think the proper van had much of a spoiler did it the proper van it it had a little oh god you're going to get me start looking up um, 80s photos that I shouldn't really but yeah let's (laughs) move on Um, so yeah, they, they covered a, a lot of the uh, uh, the Distance World 2 expedition, which we were going to talk about today, but, well, um, obviously, I think we will be talking with Dr. Kai next week about uh, his experiences with, with Distance Worlds 2. Um, so, moving on, um, in... In the games event, we've had notification from Commander Alec Turner, uh, who's given us update on his first great planetary expedition. Um, they have hit day 46. Of the 72 commanders who originally signed on to the expedition the, for the fleet roster, we have five flagged now as a non-participant, uh, six who have only dropped out for various reasons, 26 who are um, missing in action, 14 who have now successfully completed their circumnavigation, and 21 whose circumnavigation is still ongoing. Um, Commander Turner has gone on to say, personally, I'm in the latter group, currently halfway between Zigzag Point and Geological Site 23, which means I've completed something like 84% of the journey. I remain uh, immensely positive about the expedition, and without meaning to sound patronising, I am incredibly proud of the group of commanders who have taken part. I hope I didn't mean... I hope I didn't sound sarcastic. I... uh, 
<laughs> I didn't mean to if I did. Um, many of those people are relative novices in the SRV when it comes to this kind of thing, uh, but they've now completed the journey who have become genuine experts and can easily maintain a cruising speed over 100 metres per second in an SRV. Wow. Driving. Yes. Bound effortlessly across canyons, which they considered major hurdles at the outset. And above all, all the members of what I called the family of the great, first great planetary expedition, true explorers, determined and charismatic souls, and above all else, friends. So I must admit, when you do one of these expeditions, it does have an effect of a real bonding experience amongst people. Did you? Do you find that, Shannon uh, and Ben? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm just looking at the stats, and I'm actually pretty impressed, actually, because with the number of people who's still going, considering it's sort of over a month. Mm. Particularly something like this that's um, that's so... Well, it's never been done before, and it's um, uh, quite a... Uh, I, I, guess, I guess it's uh, it, it must be quite... A lonely thing to be um you know everybody traveling um largely independently in the in an srv um there's no there's no sort of anomalies to find um i don't know like it must i, I think it must be quite a bonding experience because very few people would be able to identify with your with what you've experienced like we've all driven srvs but not to that degree yeah ben i think one thing that's really quite ironic is alec was pretty adamant that he wasn't going to go on distance two because he didn't want to get himself committed to a long-term project in-game. And instead he goes off and finds himself committed to an even longer-term project driving around a blooming planet. <laughs> well, when you, when you think about it, he's only been doing that for a month. You guys have been out in the black for three months so far. Yeah, and he's easily... we finished, but he's going to get back and we still got, he's going to end up where he started from, at least. I still, I still find it quite ironic. <laughs> so yeah, okay. Fair, fair play to um, uh, to Alec Turner and his and his uh, his destination, his his, his planetary expedition crew. Because uh, yeah, we love these nutters who do these kind of things in the game. <laughs> so Ben. Would you like to take everybody through the latest updates of Distant Worlds 2, please? Uh, Distant Worlds 2 is finished. That's kind of it. Okay. How are you um, all getting back? Okay, so <laughs> uh, I'm going to... I'm. If everyone can obviously... Distant Worlds 2 is finished. You can do what you want. Um, but the guys over on Distant Worlds 2, a bunch of folks have said that they're wanting to go off and do the Voyager Trail because uh, somebody went off and basically realised that the place where the caretaker took Voyager to back in back in the day back in the Delta Quadrant is about twenty thousand light years away from Beagle Point, and I was like, "Hey, it's only twenty thousand light years away. Let's go. Let's go and see where Voyager got dragged off to, and then fly back home." Yeah, because that's a great idea. Um, but so a bunch of folks are going to do that. And I'm probably going to do something along those lines. Um, and there's another bunch of complete and utter nutters 
who are going to be doing the L long what's it the LRH thirty three oh five expedition, which is basically Beagle Point going to the bubble by travelling clockwise round the outer arms. Sounds quite tiring. So it's going to take even longer for them to get home than it did for us to get out there. Basically, it's a it's a long way home. That um, yeah, so it's 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 a yeah. I'm I'm aware we've got to travel all the way back home, and it's sixty five thousand light years and so on. But the idea of going around the circumference of the galaxy to get back home and then in is just you're insane. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, it certainly sounds like um like the, the 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 sensation at the end of okay we've got here um now you know you've presumably you know the onus is on you to get to get back on your own steam it must yeah. be it must be quite a a sort of there must be quite a sense of despondency at the thought of getting back without any direction or without any of the of the the shared experiences and meetups and things i have to i'm upset that we're not going to have a organized route home you're right yeah i did i've really enjoyed all the the random stuff that's been happening and i've liked the fact it's basically okay if you can jump five thousand light years a week guys you'll make it and then not knowing where the next thing is and always having great places to go visit was a good reason not to go off and jump 65,000 light years in one shot and go completely insane. Um, So I've really appreciated having the fixed route to get out here and then not releasing the way home, not releasing the next set of waypoints until it's time to move on. Um, But I understand that the organisers are all kind of exhausted so I understand that they want to maybe have a bit of a break, and they they fully deserve it. I'm just upset about that because you know obviously it's all about me. <laughs> I think um, having the the releasing the waypoint staggered was a good idea, definitely. Yes. Um, it's um, I'm pretty sure that when Distant Worlds Two was first announced, Aramis said that the plan was to um, for it to uh, for it to go out and come back. I'm sh- I'm sure in the initial thread. Um, he said something like that the plan will be to come back via parts of the galaxy which are less explored or something similar. Possibly, and maybe that's why they've gone off and done this Voyager thing. But maybe. they're all oh. absolutely knackered and there's like, no, we're not going to do this officially, guys. Yeah, fair. It's possible. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it was... Um, uh, I don't know. Crow was saying that she's worked something out last week. So yeah, Crow she's on got- PlayStation 4 has a thing. She's got her. Um, she, she's doing a sort of five k a week um, yeah. route back. I she's think. doing what I would like to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, couldn't you? Couldn't you see her route? And I, um, I could possibly follow along on the PC. I suppose it wouldn't be very interesting for you, perhaps. <laughs> Going to the meetups. <laughs> yeah, that would kind of yeah, suck. <laughs> uh, I'm looking for landing pad six, and I can't see it. Come um, in, landing pad six. So, oh, were you, you were you at the um, the finale event then? No, I didn't even realise there was a finale event because uh, I've been kind of looking for one, but I'm not always on Discord. I'm not always on the forums. Was so there one? 
Well, if there was one, I've missed it. Sam, <laughs> um, do you know about it? Uh, yes, there was a meetup event. I didn't go to it because I still had my cargo on board. And to be honest, nothing else mattered between other than getting that piece of cargo to be the point. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Actually, it would be quite a significant disincentive to go to a meet, actually. Um, yeah. But yeah. I didn't think there was anything official because I, I did I did try asking about something, and yeah, I might meet up with Doctor Kai at Beagle Point next week, but that's just going to be if I'm still lurking at Beagle Point and I'm not making my way over to where Voyager route starts. I might do that, but I might be flying off to the middle of the black and doing my own thing. Um, I think one of the reasons that I heard there wasn't going to be a meet up, an official ending meetup thing was the fact that so many commanders are spread basically between here and Sagittarius, between Beagle Point and Sagittarius A star. Yeah, so... that makes sense. It would be um it would be a good incentive. I mean it would be a good incentive for people to keep ta- to to keep up and it yeah. would also um it would also be uh, a nice reward to those two who 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 work- made it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think the nice reward is congratulations, guys. You now get a decal. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Because um, I've heard rumours that some people who have already made it back to the bubble have got their distant world two decals already. Ah, nice. Which I wish. Um, one thing I'm I would amazed really, about. Hmm, one thing I would really like for Frontier to do more of is um, bespoke decals. I think they're really, really good. Uh, like yeah. for, for player groups above a certain size, or for like if they were if they were relatively um, not not uh, not automated, but if, if there was a sort of if if they were given to player groups above a hundred members, say, or um, BGS groups who had more than ten systems, or uh, I, I don't know, like invent whatever arbitrary <laughs> measure you like. But I, I, it would be quite nice if there was if there were clear obvious mechanisms for groups to get their own decal because it's a really really good way of um uh of like man- of, of having an identity in the game really um and, and also it's like i wonder if i wonder how plausible it would be to submit your own <laughs> via like an online form like hold on, you know, hold, on hold on hold on steve let me just go and navigate to the front of my ship and sort of say you mean a bit like this one here um, what, what 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 decal have you got? I don't have the Twitch in front of me. I've got the Leafcon decal. Yes, yes, that one. Yes, precisely. Yes. I well, was. Um, I, I spent most of. Uh, was it Sunday? We were we were trading. I yes, can't remember. But I, yes. Yeah, Sunday. I spent I spent a fair amount of Sunday uh, lusting after um, after Ben's Leafcon paint job and his Type Nine. Very exactly. Yeah, and there's. I know there's a Hassan decal. I know there's a Wolves of Jonai decal. Um, and have one. Yeah, there are um, a few of them. So there, there are some around that Frontier will arrange with people. Um, yeah, I guess my point is that it seems to be it, there's no sort of rhyme nor reason about it. It's very much based on Frontier's caprice. It would be quite nice if there was some um, if there was something that groups could sort of routinely look forward to as being a bit of a milestone of achievement. You can actually get a uh, decal at the moment if you actually uh, take part in the Interstellar Initiative. You manage to get to the outpost, dock with the outpost, the decal's available to you. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. That's, that's a nice touch as well. 
But is that a special one that we get there? Yep. Okay. Hmm. I thought that was quite a nice uh, touch. Yeah, that, that's nice that we get that one then. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how hard it is for them to make decals, but it would be awesome if they could go and make a way to give give us give us some. And if you know, you could go off and basically, let's say, sake of argument, you could give Paige the sag eye decal, and a week later she can go off and say, "Okay, guys, this is how you get your Sagittarius eye decal," or something like that. Yeah, uh, I have no that, idea how hard it would be for them to do. That sounds quite dev intensive. Um, there, are, there are there are easier ways for them to measure. Uh, hold on, hold on. Would, would that be like a developer led initiative? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Hmm. That's an interesting thought. Hmm. I'm I'm envisaging a kind of upload your own PNG style situation. Oh no, they won't. They they, they won't allow that because there'd be too many copyright things. Or also, also the TTP would be really low. What? 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 TTP times the penis. There's <laughs> <laughs> a point. <laughs> yeah, you'd have a lot of dicks. There'd be a lot of dicks in space. That's true. That is very. That is that is correct. Because well, they are. <laughs> I think the player base is ninety-eight percent male. So yeah. yes, I um I quite like the No Man's Sky approach, which is don't fight it. When they were um when they when they um when Sean Murray uh, introduced terrain manipulation, he I think his quote was something like, "You can use it to make as many fallacies as you want," <laughs> because no one will ever see it again. <laughs> He was, was explaining, like, oh, you can make all these shapes, you know, definitely make a penis. <laughs> That's really Oh, funny. lovely. Anyway. Uh, well, unfortunately, there is something we do have to touch on, uh, which... Um, not touching mine. No. Oh, why? <sighs> You've got Ben disease, haven't you? <laughs> Ben, you've infected... Uh, no, that's, that's, this, this, that's, what, that's what Steve gets for hanging out with you on Saturday or whatever it was. <laughs> gets contaminated. <laughs> yes, well... Go on, Colin. <laughs> uh, it has been reported, and Commander Plater did an entire video... On this, um, it does look that crackers or hackers have released patches that allow players to have infinite shields, hulls, module damage, and more. And um, yeah, so it's now possible using these third-party tools to hack the modules to give them engineer buffs as well. So. <laughs> Once again, and this is one thing that people are, are going to have to start being aware of, especially in open, where they'll come across ships which are able to perform well above what they should. <sighs> I, I yeah. don't know what to really say on this, apart from, oh, bloody hell, here we go again. I, I was trying to think of an upside to this. Um, it, upside? It, 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 it shields. Well, I was thinking about it because, um, I mean, I saw the video and I've also seen 
um, screenshots of the hack that allows you to engineer and tune modules without needing to go to the engineer or tune it. Um, but going back to the, the, the cracking, the patch, back in the days when Elite was a 32-bit application, uh, there was a hack going around, and it was for um, a piece of software that purports itself to enable cheating. Um, there was a hack going around that enabled players to do this. So what they what they could do, you could have infinite shields, infinite uh, hull, you could supercharge your weapons and all sorts of things. And one of the ways people would use it is they would go to a uh, conflict zone they would make their ship invisible, fit turrets, and just kind of sit there racking up kills for hours and hours and hours, and hours on end. Um, there was then a more dangerous part of the crack that enabled them to teleport between two stations. So basically, you'd load your cargo up with, uh, I don't know, Imperial slaves, and teleport to where you sell the Imperial slaves, and just, you'd just keep teleporting back and forward. Mm-hmm. Um, when Elite moved to a purely 64-bit application, the people who'd done the hack basically gave up. They couldn't get it to work. Um, but clearly, someone now has. Um, and that was what was on Commander Plato's video. Now, I did some digging around and talking to people, and apparently there is now a separate hack that allows people to uh, hack their modules to either exceed or stick at what the engineers can do. So you can have a, a power sub- power unit that gives a huge amounts of power for no heat, or you can give your um, your web your class four frag cannons the same range as a beam laser, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen the picture of the interface for that. Uh, and part of me thought, oh, I wish we could engineer modules like that in game because it is just like sliders and you just move the slider and whatever. Um, now, apparently, Frontier are aware of both of these. Uh, we don't yet know what action they're going to be taking, but I can I can't imagine that it will be taken furiously, seriously. So if it was my account, and I want, wanted to keep it, I wouldn't go anywhere near this with a barge pole. Yeah, do you think they've got any um, audit trail that they can use to confirm that they've got these kind of things? Because we don't want people being banned for the wrong reason. Well, I'm not sure, because I was thinking about... I mean, the, the hacking one with infinite shields and stuff like that, if, you, if you're an open... Um, then it's relatively easy to be caught because you just waste whoever's attacking you without losing shields. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there are, there are other players around to kind of report you. If you're in solo, um, mm. it's probably very difficult. Now, for the module one, um, I would imagine if people are clever enough to design this hack for modules, they're clever enough to uh, put recommendations and bounds in it such that it's not an easy to spot when people do when they do a sweep of the ships to see what um, fields your modules have. 
because obviously yeah. if, there's, if there's a power, if there's a, a laser in there or a power unit in there that goes beyond what engineers are capable of, then that's an obvious red flag. Yeah, but what you're saying is that basically they could be able to engineer their ships for free, and mm-hmm. um, unless there's some kind of audit trail on what mats you've got or what. Well, I suppose actually no. That the journal does have store when you've gone to, um, gone to an engineer and and uh, upgraded your system. So, yeah. Anyway, Ben. Well, I've heard stories about other games which will. I th- I think this is a bit draconian, and I'm not sure I agree. But apparently, if you're running their game and certain other pieces of known software, even if the software is legitimate and you're not using it to do any hacking, but if you're running that software and the game at the same time, they'll say, nope, you're not playing tough and potentially even permaban you. Nice. Um, yeah. And I, I don't like that. I think it's a bit draconian. But on the other hand, it's one way of knowing for sure they're not going to get in. Yeah, but hang on a second. That means... They can, they, whoever has got the, uh, you must have agreed to have let them have access to your registry so you, they know what's on your machine. I, is there a way that you, I don't know if there's a way that programmatically you can find out what processes are running on, on a system? Yeah, I don't know how, you, I don't know enough about Windows development to find out how you can do that. Oh. Um, I know there are command lines you can run that will go off and do it. On the upside, just. A slightly cynical, shannish upside to this <laughs> is um, only dead games don't get hacked that are updated. True. So if, if Elite was dying, they wouldn't have bothered doing the hack from 2015 and updating it and putting all this in. Unless, that, because... that was about the best side I could think of it. <laughs> okay, well, at least it shows the game's still active if people are bothering to spend the time making hacks for it. Yeah. Unless, of course, you're City of Heroes, who someone's managed to get the source code to a dead MMO, managed to get it all running again, people are joining in, and you've got these illegal servers with, with 55,000 players on and two hour wow. queues. World of Warcraft had a had private servers, didn't it, as well? Up, up until recently, I believe. Yeah, I mean that's the what the classic is. World of Warcraft classics coming back because uh, they've noticed these private servers, which had the old version of World of Warcraft, that were very popular. And of they course, were banning them, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Ba- well, they were taking it was taking revenue away from uh, uh, from Blizzard now. I mean, personally, in my opinion, you shut down an MMO, you've basically shut down everybody's game world, and if someone, in my opinion, have set up something like um, a Swig emulator or an MXO emulator, I think that's fair game, but not for a, a live game. Mm, yeah. I mean, that was one of the things that Frontier talked about um, back in the Kickstarter days, doesn't it? Because they were asked, well, since you're removing offline mode... Mm what happens when the game stops development and basically Frontier implied that they would see us right and yes. um, That's somehow set. That, that is quite a, a point of contention actually because um, 
Um, it was said, let's, let's get this right, uh, one of the reasons why I was on board with everything being online was because they had said, they reassured us that um, the game will not it would not turn into abandonware. They'd, they'd release server-side code for us to create our own servers, whether or not we would play it on our own machine or whether or not someone could set up a server in the background and you could all connect to it. Assurances were made that that would occur, but um, like we've seen with things like the Mac version and um, other versions of Elite, you do end up thinking, oh, I hope they can stick to that. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was also, because I spent a bit of time talking and thinking about this today, is actually the module hack is more concerning than the infinite shields and whatnot, because I would imagine the way infinite shields and whole work is it kind of intercepts the communication from the client to the server and back again. So basically it injects a value which is what normal hacks do, don't they? If they if they see a number of lives or whatever going down from 10 to 9, they put it back up to 10. That's the way they usually work. But with modules, they're actually having to write stuff directly to the server and the database to make it stick. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, how do... I see, I thought all your ship details would be stored on uh, the server and then it would download it to the client and off you go but oh well I'm, I'm trying to second guess I guess and, and uh... if I remember back in the day uh, there were a bunch of white ha- hackers who essentially wrote a elite dangerous client that was pretending to be Elite Dangerous, but was actually their application. Mm. Um, oh, no, I mean, that, was, that wasn't like Commander Yan and, and those notorious people. I wasn't going people. to give names away, but yes. Well, I haven't given their real name away, but... No. Um, so, but they were, you know, they essentially, they, they pretended to make an Elite Dangerous client... Uh, which they went off and told Frontier about, obviously, because they were doing this all as part of the alpha stuff and actually helping secure things down a bit for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that application worked was it went off and said, right, I'm logging in as Ben, and here's all my authentication on my credentials. I have just gone off and upgraded my ship to this, so I've gone off and put... Um, oh, so a bunch of the station-sized multi-cannons all over my anaconda, including on my utility slots, which looked really hilarious, because then you actually had... An, there was literally in-game, you could see an anaconda with station-sized beam lasers or whatever it was on every single hardpoint, which looked ridiculous. Um, and then they powered it up by giving the Anaconda the station-sized power plants. Yeah. Um, and this is all basically by API manipulation of Frontier servers. Hmm. I, I, I don't know if that's what's happening with this new thing, and I know that they obviously... They helped Frontier, they helped Frontier to lock that down, but... Anything that's doing that kind of thing 
if you can if you can go off and lock it off if you go off and try and lock it off somebody else and there are a lot more people trying to fight against you it's a losing battle I, I mean there's been uh, there's been times when I've been looking at this I thought oh that would be really fun to try like souping up my ship and seeing if I could blow a side blow, blow a station up by being immune to the thing and souping up my weapons to see if I could inflict enough damage to destroy a station. Um, the other one that sprung to mind is if I was completely evil is I'd max out a Sidewinder, buy a new account and completely mm -hmm. wreak havoc within the new system. Um, of course, you, you find yourself just thinking, oh, if I had this, I had this and there weren't any consequences, but... One of the questions that have that has come up um, in my thought process was, well, if you do it in solo or private group, surely it doesn't matter. And it actually kind of does because, yes, you're not getting the the PvP, the player kills and griefing and stuff. But the way the hacks work, you can travel huge distances instantaneously. Um, so you could conceivably get your name on systems that players can't reach yet or map hundreds of systems in a fraction of the time. So for exploration, it's, you know, it's almost like you're stealing discoveries away from people by using it. And then also is the fact if you are invincible and without able to kill shits very quickly, there's a BGS implication there as well as a power play one. So it's hugely unbalancing to let it in private or um, solo. Yeah. I'm just um, curious. Um, are the... Uh, what you're saying about station weaponry and station power and stuff, I was under the impression that the space stations were just big big assets with a with a collision with with collision parameters that you could dock with i weren't I, I wasn't aware that they had their own um that they had their own hard points and and power requirements and and that kind of thing they do and they can also be damaged because a number of years ago um there was a community goal where you had to fuel had to build a capital ship uh for the federation the FFS Nevermore or something like that it was. Anyway, this cap ship jumped within range of the space station, so it was literally just parked outside. And uh, some wag managed to persuade the space station to fire on the capital ship. Mm -hmm. And the capital ship then fire on the space station. Awesome! And, and in the ensuing battle, um, the space station got down to 0% hull. <laughs> <laughs> wow! But actually, he didn't manage to explode. And Frontier, to, to their credit, made a Galnet story about it um, because obviously they saw the funny side of it and blamed it on, what was it, um, cheap manufacturer targeting systems. And yeah, there was like a CG that. to repair the, the, the station, wasn't there? That's right. It was, yes. That's brilliant. That's so cool. I had no idea that, 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 they had, that the stations had that much behind them i just I, I just thought they were like like the walls in a first person shooter you know just like just like flat surfaces you can't interact with that's fantastic it also means there are hard points that we don't know about or that we you know weapons and, and things well, well, remember we spoke about last week where zach 
appeared on DJ Tristan's screen with a (laughs) space station weapon on his eagle. So it it does imply that you can put them on a ship. That's brilliant. Um, Do the... um... Uh, do the capital ships have... Um, is it possible to destroy those as well? Because I know that players can't... You know, the only, the only mechanism for beating them is to is to route them, to make them jump out of the instance. I'm not sure. I don't think I've heard of one being destroyed. I've or... never heard of one. I've never... Since the game went into Gamma, I've been a very good boy as far as trying all these things out and investigating them. Hmm. Because um, yeah, I don't want to risk my account. Basically, um, even as a white hat, I don't want to risk risk my account. And you know, Frontier basically said, "When the game goes live, please stop." So, as far yeah. as I'm aware, everybody stopped and just behaving themselves. Or what were I they am. doing? What were they doing before the game went live? Sorry. In in the alpha stage, Frontier were working with a bunch of commanders to do white hat white essentially white hat penetration testing. Right. Okay. Yeah. I see. Um, and you know, and that's how we learned about doing this game and doing doing this alternative client and all these these various naughty things. Mm. But there is an entire community out there who is able to learn about these things and who are very very smart people. And yeah. if they are motivated enough to go and do it, there's no reason why they can't figure out a way to do what was done in the alpha, but with the current clients. Yeah. And it's all... It, you're, it's a losing fight at the end of the day. Because um, there are more of them than there are devs, presumably. Basically, yeah. And I'm not going to say they're more motivated, but... Yeah, interesting. You, so, it's, you just... You, you can never stay on top of it, and you're, you're just, you're just going to... You get into a battle you can't win, unfortunately. Yeah. Unless you go super draconian and then you lose as well. Yeah, tricky. Yeah, it's, very it's tricky. a very, very tricky one. It'll be interesting to see what they what how they react actually. Because um, um, this is this isn't the um this happened within the last year or so, didn't it? Where there was um uh people were um people were advertising hacks to the game. I don't I don't think they were the same uh the same benefits on offer, but similar thing of like you know set your own set your well, own. Well, there's bossing and things like that that's also happening. Although that's a separate subject from these hacks. No reason why they can't be combined, of course. Hmm. Yes, um, which just goes to prove how healthy a game Elite is, because again, no one runs bots and hacks on a dying game. Hmm. Yeah. That, so I'm trying to find the bright side here, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> What? Who is this person? What have you done with Shan? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Nephilius is mentioning if you don't, you could go off and do shadow banning and things like that. And yes, you can go off and do it. But then people go off and say, well, we're not seeing all these known commanders that we've invested. You know, I've gone off and spent 30 weeks investigating Commander Fu. Who I, this is my proof that they're a dirty hacker. And they don't see Commander Fu getting done because actually Commander Fu just got good, um, and there's no evidence that he's actually hacking. Yeah, and that's what makes detection quite difficult because yeah, unless you're good recruiting. Well, there's a desync error, isn't it, where um, players where ships can just zip around because of desync lag, and also yeah. where shields and hulls can become invulnerable 
but temporarily, again, because of desync. So policing it is a very manually intensive process if you actually want to make sure you don't get any false positives. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. And I, I think players would kick up a stink if they learned that the client was, for sake of argument, running some kind of process scanner. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure they would. I, I think if... I think people would, un- would justifiably... Yeah, I think they'd be upset about that, even even if all Frontier do is client-side do a detection on every process, and if it matches a whitelist of this is no naughty process IDs, then the very fact that Frontier could go off and detect I'm running yeah, maybe, whatever, maybe. and mm. then I could be- and then potentially go off and send that home to mummy. People would be justifiably upset about that. Maybe I, it would probably people's reactions would probably be, would probably mirror their attitudes to privacy in general. Some people are like, "Yeah, I don't care that Amazon are listening to my to my conversations because I don't say anything interesting and I've got nothing to hide." Whereas other people are, get angry about the fact that it is even possible. So yeah, you're probably right. Just because I'm not personally motivated about it doesn't mean that other people. I mean, the one thing that I don't know whether you guys have uh, have covered this already. Does there need to be some kind of effort on uh, behalf of Frontier to sh- to physically show that they're doing something about it re- to um, reassure the community community that you know either by public bannings or or basically something listed on like we've had before on on Steam where someone has just said no the reason you were. Uh, the reason why you no longer can access this game you was because you were cheating and we banned you and then he got then the individual got banned from steam which i thought was quite funny <laughs> nice um i I, but, I think probably until there is like until players start i don't i haven't really thought this through so i'm just sort of speaking as i think but until um until players start complaining that people using those are are Causing problems in the game, I'd be I'd I'd be wary of doing anything. Um, it, yes, is, as I was saying, it's not just blowing other players up. It's about nicking discoveries. It's about um, tilting the balance of power in systems and in power play and all all the other stuff that they can get on with. I mean, imagine the effect if you could teleport your Type Nine from one place to another. Yeah, and um, the effect that would have. So it's not just blowing players up. No, but bossing has that effect now, and Frontier don't do anything about that. They do their responses the, are really it's toothless. The, it's the speed of it, though, isn't it? With bossing, you still have to have the travel time, for example. Yeah, but that, that, that's meaningless. Bosses can run. Bosses can run a cutter that ships seven hundred tons twelve times an hour for for twenty four hours, or because Frontier get wise to accounts that run twenty four hours nonstop. They they could have four different accounts on eight hour shifts, and each one could run seven hundred tons twelve times an hour into a station. Like the, the, the players can't compete with botters. Bot- botting accounts clearly, in terms of the way the ships move and the um, the the pattern of behaviour, botting accounts can't be difficult to spot. And yet Frontier, um, when presented with overwhelming evidence that an account is a botting account, will um, the most, the most I've seen them done that them see, I've seen them do is a thirty-day ban, 
and then and then the, and then the accounts come back. And in the meantime, in that thirty days, the, the person who ran the botting account buys a few more. The people the people who keep track of it and um, and whose communities are affected by it have 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 measured and catalogued this exhaustively and presented evidence to Frontier, which is just laughably overwhelming. And what Frontier do is they they ban for thirty days a clutch of accounts, six or 12. And in the meantime, those people go off and buy a load more seven pound accounts off Steam and come and in those 30 days, take another four bot accounts up from a type six to a cutter and then come back with four or five times the, the number. So I, I guess the point I'm making is that y y you're right, that those those things are theoretical, theoretically damaging. I don't think the fact that they are theoretically damaging to the game would motivate Frontier to take drastic action seeing as they haven't to the botting problem oh, we'll see because knowing a game has got hacks and stuff like that and it's being made known and not having a public response to that is very bad publicity for frontier hmm. so i mean in single player games you know you put a hack on and you you cheat so what you're only robbing yourself of gameplay really and what not? Yeah, who really cares? Yeah, it's just exactly. a single player. But with a multiplayer game, it it does damage your reputation. Yeah, but that is that, that that's the same as bossing. They're they're indistinguishable. The the um, Frontiers Ula is um is actually really interesting because um I can't remember. The, I wish we had the wording to hand because the wording is is really interesting. It essentially says that using any external tool for any benefit at all. Uh, in Elite Dangerous is against the rules. So technically, if Frontier wanted to, they could ban, they could warn you over, they could throw the book at you over things like using EDDB, like literally any program or tool outside of the game to give you an advantage over people not using it, over people over people strictly using the game, is technically against their terms of use. So, the, and the reason they've done that is clearly so that they can selectively, that, that so that they can they can discipline selectively and they can choose their battles. Um, but I don't think I don't. So, so basically the point I'm making is just because something against is against the terms of use doesn't guarantee a response. And just because something damages the, the game doesn't guarantee a response. Right. Well, what we'll do uh, is we'll leave that for the moment because no doubt we'll be coming back and discussing this at a later point. Um, but moving on, we do actually have for the first time, I think, in about a year, we've got a question. <laughs> um, we've got a question sent in to us from Commander Simon Getty. I do hope I haven't uh, uh, murdered his name then, but uh, Simon Getty. Um, he says, hi guys, I have a question regarding to Elite and was wondering if you would discuss it in a previous podcast. To my knowledge, you haven't, and I apologize if I'm wrong. Uh, I'm an Xboxer, and I'm wondering what will happen when the next generation of consoles come out. I imagine this may be before the end of development on Elite, so was wondering if the game would move on to new consoles, and if so, would old accounts, progress, and ranks be transferable? Again, sorry if Frontier have commented on this, but um, I'm no good going through the forums. Uh, thanks for your time, and keep up the good work on the show. Well... Um, I think we'll quickly just go around and get everybody's opinion on this. Um, I'll start. I'll just say that um, I think when Elite comes out for uh, the new generation of consoles, that's about the time of the big 2020 patch. And 
it would be nuts for them not to allow um, people with existing process uh, progress to move over to a new console. Um, that's just my opinion. Um, Shan, do you, what do you think? Um, I thought Ben was going to be first, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just kicking off in general. But um, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll let Ben go first because I, 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 I talk over him loads of times. So yeah, okay. well, I so yeah, I basically I'm agreeing with you. I think I've, I'm sure I've said it in the past that I think this is going to be ED 2.0 or whatever you want to call it. Um, deadly. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I, I do think this is going to be... You know, I don't think it's going to actually be... They're not going to release it as a separate game. They're not going to... I don't know what they're going to do. It's not going to be a separate game, I don't think. It's not going to be, here's a season of content. But essentially, we're going to get Elite Dangerous 2.0, which I think is going to be a major darn revamp of the game for the PCs and for the next generation of consoles. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to have improvements to VR because as I, as I understand it, the next gen consoles are having VR work done on them. So I could be wrong there. Uh, I'm not following VR consoles very much, but from what I hear, they are looking at it and they're wanting to improve their VR experiences in the VR games. Yeah. And Elite Dangerous would be an awesome thing that's just like, yeah, this is one of the best experiences out there. Come and play it, guys. And I would not be at all surprised if Elite Dangerous 2.0, whatever the hell it is, is also essentially Space Legs as well. Because I, we, I think we can all agree that playing Space Legs, it, it will be game-changing. And it will yeah. be... It is essentially a brand new game. Even if it's not technically called a brand new game. Mm. Okay. Um, <laughs> Shan, do you want to go for. Uh... Yeah, well, yeah. I'm just reading the question, and I think there's a couple of interesting assumptions. Um, the first one is that what we don't know is whether any new Xbox is going to be backwards compatible with the old Xbox. Mm -hmm. So it may be possible to. But you know, to play your existing Elite on the new Xbox, and then when Elite Fortnite or whatever it's going to be called comes out, um, play that bit on on your new Xbox. So we don't know if it's going to be cross compatible. And secondly, um, if you look at the way, I mean, it's not the same, but I guess it's it's the only the only um, thing we've got to cite is when they brought Elite out for the PlayStation Pro. You didn't need to wipe your commander. You can play on the PlayStation and the PlayStation Pro, even though the two hardware. I mean, yes, they're not hugely different, but there is a difference. Mm. So there is a similarity back. there, Shan. Actually, that you can play the same commander on Elite Mac and PC as well. So when they had a Mac client, I could log on on my Mac and play Elite Dangerous normal. And then go into boot camp and play Elite Dangerous Horizons on the PC side of life. Right, so the logical assumption is therefore that it's more than likely you'll be able to transfer your commander across and or play it on the new Xbox. But don't quote us on it. So Verena, have you got anything to, to, to add to that? 
Um, only, uh, I, I, I think it, it's the, the timing can't be a coincidence. There must be, there, there must be like the timing of new console releases must, um, must, uh, be part of frontier strategic thinking. I think the, the UI of the game is very clearly, um, being designed with consoles in mind. Um, I don't know what the figures are for, uh, for, consoles and the player base um but i i guess um the direction that the game is going in at the moment the um i've read that the uh, the games like fortnite are um changing um sony's and microsoft's attitudes to um crossplay um the um the fact that the timing is uh the late 2020 um uh for the next iteration of Elite, um, and the fact that VR is um, uh, well, hopefully going to—I was, I was a little bit worried actually about VR until um, Ben said that earlier, so I'm pretty excited about that. But but I think that the the chances of um, the next the next generation of consoles being um, sort of a big target for Elite is is really high. Like it's it, I, I'd be amazed if um, if frontier weren't really targeting a console audience given the given the decisions that they've made in the last year or so right well um <laughs> is grant still with us or is, is he hiding in the background i guess hiding in the background i um, was just thinking colin that was surprisingly uh, i was just thinking colin that was surprisingly educational wasn't it our response to that question <laughs> hmm a, a, a mature conversation. What's wrong with this? I will get rid of it in post. Somebody yeah, flung get rid of it in post. Uh, right. Well, um, I guess we'll give um, our usual shout outs and, and round out the show then. Um, so, uh, as usual, uh, we'll give a shout out to. Um, oh, yeah, there's been a couple of things um, mentioned which uh, on social media. Uh, the first thing is we have uh, Matt Westthorpe's 15-year-old nephew, Michael, um, who has been hospitalized lately um, with uh, basically 20% lung function. Uh, and one of the things that um, he's been posting on social media is the fact that um, he's it's not letting uh, Matthew, uh, Michael is not giving up on his elite commander. He's, he's playing it from his hospital bed with the uh, with the face, the, the oxygen mask on. So <laughs> um, I guess we've just got to wish him the best and fly safe. Right on, Commander. Um, yep. Um, one thing that I would like to mention is that um, for those of you who didn't know, uh, I got a Patreon email from uh, a certain Mr. Mr. Christopher Jarvis, or Commander Thane. The second episode, for those of you who are patrons of the Escape Velocity Project, uh, this second episode of Season 2 has now been remastered and released uh, into the wild. So you should have um, you, you should have a uh, email in your uh, from your patrons who would be able to and you'll be able to download the latest version um he did do a live stream last sunday night uh and chris if you're going to do any more live streams and want people to know about it let us know in advance and and we'll publicize it publicize it on the show 
Um, of course, LeaveCon 2019 is still set between the 4th and 7th of July at the Sedgebrook um, Hall Hotel. Uh, it's sponsored by Spider-Man Games this year, and it got a mention in the latest um, newsletter. So um, we're getting to uh, start planning for that. Uh, as everybody probably knows, our sister station radio broadcasts on a Thursday from 8.30 British uh, summertime uh, at httptv.forthemug.com and httpradio.forthemug.com if you just want to hear what they're talking and not having to look at any ugly faces. Um, uh, CQC Discord um, for the Descending Commander who likes a bit of the CQC action can be found at https discordme slash CQC, all one word uh, and uh, are very useful for finding um, CQC matches at odd times of the evening. Uh, on across all three platforms, I, I must point out. Uh, so before I call out uh, and we hand over to um, Commander Witherspoon and his fantastic Galnet news, um, does anybody have any final business? Nope. Tuplex is saying, did anyone mention ESC yet? No idea what. It is. So I'm going to I'm going to assume that means no, we haven't, or I was asleep. Does uh, anybody know about the ESC? Well, it can mean many things, can't it? Mm. Maybe it just means we've escaped. I don't know. I guess we'll, we'll do some investigation and uh, come back to that next week. Or not. It might just be a load of rubbish. <laughs> like I said, we'll do some investigation. Um, so, I guess with that, that's it for another episode of Live Radio. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at Lave Radio, facebook.com slash Lave Radio, at Lave Radio on Twitter. You can join the Discord chat channel by going to discord.io slash Lave Radio, or you can join our TeamSpeak server where commanders like to come out and chat at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Um, we will point out that that is also shared with the Hutton Orbital Truckers, so if you fancy to uh, talk to a trucker, um, that's where you can go. I thought you were uh, going to say you have been warned. No, no, I'm being pleasant. Okay. Yeah, and I'm allowed to be pleasant from time to time. Um, Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at half past eight British uh, summertime and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to Commander Souverine, thanks to Commander Shan, thanks to... to Commander Edelweiss, and thanks to uh, Commander Psychocow hiding in the background, and thanks to all the commanders that have joined us in the chat channel. So, until next time, fly safe, and if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
guys. Hold for two seconds. I'll be right back. Galnet News Digest, 14th of May, 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Zendi partners realise their mistake. Kincaid denies election wrongdoing. FFS fixed. Ship still missing. No new leads. Dusty Ball's rumour unconfirmed. Zendi partners realise their mistake. The Megabus service from Zendi to the system with a long and complicated name and Guardian Ruins hasn't even started, and Zendi partners have already realised that there's a massive flaw in their plans. What's the point in ferrying people out to Guardian Ruins to gather Guardian tech? If there's no one out there to grant commanders access to Guardian technology or to glue the parts together into Guardian anti-Xeno weaponry. Starting this Thursday, Zendi partners are setting a trap to try and lure a Guardian tech broker into the system. Commanders will be invited to build up a store of irresistible Guardian commodities and materials at one of the outposts, the Prospect. When a tech broker comes sniffing round them, Zendi partners will grab him and lock him up in the station and force him to unlock Guardian technology while remaining locked up himself. If it goes well, they hope to be able to open up a small shop selling Guardian technology in addition to the unlocking facility. To encourage commanders to take part in this devilishly cunning plan, Zendi partners is offering a decal to all who take part. Because who can resist another decal? Kincaid denies election wrongdoing. Corrupt Alliance politician Gibson Kincaid has denied using billions of credits of illegal laundered campaign funding to win the presidential election last year. Kincaid, who wishes to become the supreme ruler of the alliance with executive powers to declare war and to overrule the elected assembly, is alleged to have received funding from an unnamed source via the Bank of Zéance. Rather than address these allegations by councillor and one-time presidential candidate Elijah Beck, Kincaid went on the offensive, implying that councillor Beck was complicit in the murder of the other presidential candidate, Fazia Silva shortly prior to the election. As a result of these presidential shenanigans, and with the authority of Prime Minister Mahan in question, the alliance is rapidly becoming a galactic laughingstock. Mick Turner must be turning in his grave. FFS fixed. Explorers who have recently been expressing their admiration of the exploration scanner by exclaiming, Oh, FFS! are today benefiting from a new and improved version of the module. This version is exactly the same as the old version, 
but with fewer bugs. The scanner's aim no longer jumps to the wrong place when zooming out. And when an explorer attempts to examine a planet that's further than 100,000 light-seconds away, the galaxy no longer folds in on itself, creating a singularity that destroys the whole of creation. Ship still missing. No new leads. The theft of a diamond-back explorer a few weeks back continues to gather column inches, despite not being very interesting. Technician Gan Romero stole the ship from Fort Dixon in the Vega system, and by the sound of it has headed off into deep space somewhere. Lara, Romero's wife, says he spent a lot of time staring into space, and that he'd suffered from disturbed sleep for a few nights, shortly before making off with the inexpensive little ship. Commentators have speculated whether Romero's disappearance could be worked up into an interstellar initiative, perhaps an exploration task, combing the cosmos to find the missing ship. But with a brand new Diamondback Explorer costing just a couple of void opals, what would be the point? The biggest mystery with the missing ship is why is it a news story at all? Dusty Ball's rumour unconfirmed. The Hutton Orbital Truckers have strenuously neither confirmed nor denied rumours that they're planning a convoy, to be called the Dusty Bento Balls Convoy, that will take place at 8pm on the 8th of June and will travel from Bento to Giawan stressing that it is critically important that pirates do not find out about the convoy, which may or may not be happening. Previous trucker convoys created the sought-after Hutton Mug, and resulted in mild-mannered and highly esteemed representative of the Pilots' Federation, Edward C. Lewis, saying a very rude word live on air. The Hutton truckers expressed their hope that the convoy, if it exists, will transport its cargo of bento balls securely and without incident, and invite all commanders to sign up in advance on the roster sheet. Pirates are reminded that this convoy does not exist, and to go off and bother commanders at the Guardian sites instead. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news, so you don't have to. (laughs) 